The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. Welcome, guys, and happy Wednesday. Today we have Scott and Jess and Kelly. Kelly is one of our in-person clients, and I'm so excited to have her on today. But first, we're going to start with the quirky tip of the day. (laughs) All right, our quirky tip of the day is, and this came straight from Kelly, the most important thing for her and her dog Lola's success. Lola is actually here with us. She's a German shepherd. You'll see her in the YouTube thumbnail. Um, we probably won't get her to come up on our laps here, but she's, she's a little big. Yeah. She's <laughs> here on the set with us is consistency. So if you are struggling with your dog and if you have sought out some sort of, you know, trainer or training program that's working, if it is working, make sure you um, have a consistent program at home that you're following to make sure that success continues. So and Kelly, it, and it never ends. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Um, and Kelly has gone above and beyond. That's kind of why we wanted to have her on the podcast here today. The podcast today is, um, titled from Prozac to peace because Lola was originally on Prozac and then we did some training and Kelly's had kind of a long go with her, but really Kelly is the one who's made Lola's success what it is because of your consistency and your training at home. We tell everyone if all of our, we tell her if all of our clients were like her, everything would go a lot better. <laughs> so you got Lola when she was a puppy. Um, tell us a little bit about what that journey was like. Cause she's kind of old now. She's about five. And that's when you actually kind of wanted to intervene and do some training. Yeah. I got her as a puppy. She was, I did a lot with her, you know, tried some training and then COVID hit and then everything kind of stopped. And okay. then she never got exposed to anybody for, from age two to like four. Okay. And that's when we started having issues with her. So then people would come over, she'd get nervous. Anything out of her little world of just me and her at home, the kids, but mostly me. Yeah. Okay. So So a lot of anxiety developed when things would be novel. Yes. And then you guys have another little dog. Yes. Snoopy. And she's (laughs) 13-year-old Yorkie who antagonizes Lola. And that doesn't help. So they were not getting along either. And that's pretty much what made me seek you guys out. Yeah. Snoopy, by the way, is like a gymnast. We've never seen a dog that's as and amazing there were, there as were a couple of bites in there along yes. the yeah. way. Yeah. Yep. She would get a little bit testy, even with family members. Yes. Yeah. Um, she kind of went up mostly when she was cornered or sleeping and she got startled. Yeah. That's when it would happen. Yeah. And you guys had some issues with like the vet situation and that kind of thing too, right? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, well, she'd go to the vet and of course, again, during COVID, I couldn't go in with her and then she'd get nervous and I wouldn't know what was happening inside the vet and then she'd come out. And then when I could go in with her again, she was like, wouldn't let them do anything to her. They tried to muzzle her and she would just completely freak out. Okay. So, and, um, and the handling was an issue too. I mean, Lola is, I think the first candidate that we had, I do all the boot camp dogs nails. We put her in a muzzle and a cone for me to do her nails before we sent her home. And she hadn't really had a nail trim in a bit, right? No. Cause it was so difficult. All right. So tell us the Prozac journey. Cause she was on Prozac for how long before we saw her? Uh, probably just under a year. Okay. And oh. what was the reasoning? Why were you recommended to try that? What did that look like? Um, well, she was, like I said, she was anxious over everything. It, actually, I didn't mention it, but even the washing machine running. Okay. And then when she would get anxious, you just kind of couldn't get her back from it. Okay. Um, and 
I didn't know what to do. I was, yeah. you know, I used Google. I couldn't get her, you know, during COVID. I tried finding somebody to do in-person training, but it was always over Zoom. And I'm like, this isn't working for yeah. us. Um, so the vet recommended it. Okay. And it seemed to take her edge off a little bit, but it never fixed the problem. Okay. Yeah. Because so, by the time we got there, it, you still yeah. had it was your still going issues. on. Yeah. 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 And um, you guys have a unique situation where... You kind of move around throughout the year. You're on the lake in the summer, and then, you know, you have another house for the winter months and everything else. Did her behavior change based on where she was living and, like, anything like that, like her environment, or not really? The first few weeks we would move, because we would move for six months and then go back for six months. So the first month or so, it would be worse. A lot of decompression and stress. And it would reduce. It would never go away. But Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk training. So... We um, saw her last summer, right? That's when she came in. We mm-hmm. did a boot camp with Lola. Um, you had found Scott, what, just online? Yeah, my daughter found him online, actually. Oh, good job, Lainey. Yep. Cheers, Lainey. Well done. Um, <laughs> Were you okay. using a crate at that time? I can't remember. No, I had crate trained her when she was a puppy. Right. And then we'd stopped. Yeah. Okay. You still had the crate. I you still just had the crate. It. Yeah. yeah. It was smaller because she had grown. Yeah, 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 she yeah. She didn't yeah. fit in it. I had to get yeah. another one, but. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about that. So Scott came into the eval. I wasn't there for the initial eval. Um, where were your, uh, Kelly's husband's name is Mark. Where were your heads at? Like kind of how did all that evolve for you? We were kind of at our wits end. Okay. Uh, You know, I didn't know what to do anymore because the small, she's bigger, you know, obviously she's a German shepherd and my Yorkie was small and it was kind of becoming a safety issue. And I was like, I don't know what to do anymore. I have this 13 year old Yorkie and this five year old shepherd and they can't, get into interactions because it's not going to go well for the Yorkie. So we were at our wit's end and I actually wasn't very hopeful. I was like, you know, I couldn't get her to sit anymore. She had stopped coming when I'd call her. She used to come, but then she'd stopped. She'd be worried that we were going to leave. So then she wouldn't come. Then it was a issue. And then when Scott came and it was like the first five minutes, I was, I think my eyes, probably my mouth was wide open. Like, (laughs) how is he getting her to do these things? I've been trying. She worked pretty well for me. I thought it was was a nice dog. I was like, wow. Like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I remember you guys were saying, do you think she's trainable? I'm like, well, yeah, she's she's doing, she's doing everything here. Yeah. Well, and I think that's part of it with her is she, you know, is a German Shepherd, but she definitely is bred to be more of like a working dog than, you know, yeah. just this like foo-foo German Shepherd. And I think that's part of her continued success right now is that you are working her at home yep. and you are kind of sticking with the program. So talk to people a little bit about um, like when we had her versus when she came home and how you are still following up with stuff. So when she came home, you had done the first is the nail clipping in the muzzle. I'm like, all right, we're going to try this muzzle thing. So you, you guys, when you brought her back, showed me how to put it on. It was not easy. It took two people. And so I'm like, all right, that's the first thing I'm going to just try to master, you know, do the regular walking, but try to get the muzzle because I knew she had to go back to the vet. And putting the muzzle on her at the vet the first year before was did not go well. So I, you know, consistently put the muzzle on her, walked her for a few years few feet. I had cheese whiz so that when I put the muzzle on her, she didn't hate it. And it got to the point where I could just walk her around the yard with a muzzle. Yeah. I think one day Scott was like, oh, Kelly just sent us a video of Lola with the muzzle. And I'm like, oh, let me see. And literally like she's walking her around the yard. She's sitting. I'm like, whoa, like Kelly's taking this to a whole nother level. It was funny because you're the first client that you'd, you'd walk, sit, 
can of with <laughs> cheese whiz squirting in the muzzle. Heel, sit, cheese whiz in the muzzle. No, it but worked it, great. it worked great. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, Lola didn't really like anything on her face. I think it yeah. wasn't as much the muzzle. She didn't like a gentle eat or anything else. And honestly, to condition her to just moving with me in the muzzle, I actually put a gentle eater under the muzzle before she went home and kind of guided her around that way to teach her not to mess with it. So you took that and like... She wasn't great at that point. No, no. She, she would take a few steps and I knew that like we could get a muzzle on her in the vet's office, but it wasn't like what you were sending us with videos where she's walking around the yard now, like yes. basically doing healing. So yeah. you took that to a whole other level and it worked great. Yeah. And then a few months later, I had to go to the vet and I brought her in without the muzzle on. And when the vet came in, I said, let me put the muzzle on. I put her on. She let them do anything to her. She never even turned her head sideways to them. And yeah. the, even the vet made a comment was like, wow. She's really improved. Yeah, it was next level. We um, that had was not the, easy to get to that point. No, it wasn't. And we had the privilege of having her a little bit over the holidays because Kelly and her family went on a few vacations. So she came back from boarding. And this last trip, um, I literally just put the muzzle on. She wasn't wearing a cone or anything. Scott held her and I did her nails and it was like two different dogs. Like yeah. literally she was just, I mean, she was there. She was perfect. Scott was petting her. I mean, it was literally no fuss. So this dog that... I had that I had to put a muzzle on and put a cone and Elizabethan collar on to get her nails cut, like was night and day. So you helping her along the journey once she went back home has really made all the difference also. So let's talk about weaning off the Prozac a bit because that had happened. How long of a process was that? You did that with the vet, right? Yeah, I, I forget exactly how it was. I called the vet and they said, you know, go reduce the dose by half. Mm-hmm. Go for, I think it was 10 days. I don't remember the exact timing. And then reduce it again. And again and again until she was like every other day, and then she was off it. Did you notice anything during that? I didn't. Weaning? She didn't seem to be have any withdrawals or anything okay. during that. What'd you do with all those extra Prozacs? They're still sitting in a drawer. <laughs> I probably should flush them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, it was an important thing for us because behaviorally she was getting so much better. We're like, let's see if she doesn't need the medication. Let's see what that would look like. It's you know not a continuity thing now that they're having to pay for. And I think she's just a happier, more stable dog. And for us, Scott and I weren't really sure, like, well, what is she thinking on the Prozac? Like, is she maybe more afraid of stuff like handling? Like, we weren't quite sure where her head was at. And based on her past experiences with vets and COVID and everything else, we weren't sure if maybe it wasn't hurting. So she was weaned off the Prozac. You've kept up with her training program. Um, you give her a pretty good exercise regimen too. I want to touch on that. Like you guys are out playing ball with her. Like you're getting her out and moving. Yeah. Our, our backyard is all fenced in, so she'll come now, but you know, I usually go out in the backyard and, and um, play catch with her. Mark comes home at lunch a lot of times and takes her out yeah. and plays catch with her. I find if I walk her every day consistently, she's even better because it's more of a, con- it's not just structured. It's activity. more structured, not just the play. Cause sometimes she gets really excited when she plays ball. She loves her ball. So. Yeah. 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 Um, and I want to touch on that too, because I remember like one of those first walks, you're like, well, what, what about when I see other dogs? Like there yeah. was a big like curve there for you too. So talk about how that changed and how your control got better there. So I, I actually got to the point where I wouldn't take her to the beach anymore. I wouldn't walk on a public road. I would just walk on our property. Um, and after she came back, I took her actually one of, the, one of the first times I took her on a walk, she was being great. And then this dog came running across the street and I was like, oh no, this is not going to go well. And she completely listened to me. She just stayed, when I told her to heal, she just stayed. And the, luckily the dog's owner called him back, but they came face to face and she never even barked at the dog or growled. Well, she got very... A little like, nervous. A little nervous, yeah. but she didn't go after the dog in, in any way, which I 
thought she would. Yeah, and she wasn't reactive at all with dogs that were like on leash across the street no. walking and all and that. And so now I can take her to the beach. Um, I walk by other dogs. You know, before I get to a dog, I'll make sure she's paying attention to me. Yeah, get some control. Yeah, and then she'll walk right by the dogs. I don't I don't go right next to them just because my you, comfort you level. Can't, you can't trust those dogs. No, either. and a lot of those dogs are on those extendable leashes and I don't yeah. trust those because they're not going to Yeah, yeah, them. yeah. Yeah, the retractable. It's important that you get off your property because both homes... Yeah. Are isolated. Yes, very isolated. You're like down this long dirt road. Yeah. And then you have your space. Yeah. Like with it, she may not see a dog for a week. Yep. Down there, you know, or longer. Yeah. So, so now I'll take her for walks on the beach. And the first time I took her to the beach this, I guess it was last fall, I was like, well, we'll see how this goes. Good attitude. And, <laughs> and it went, I got home and I was like, I can't believe how well that went. So yeah, no, she did great. And then let's talk about a little bit of the stuff in the house too, because you're implementing um, a decent amount of structure in the house to keep things, you know, copacetic between the two dogs and her anxiety um, quelled. So you're using the crate. That was something that you yes. have started to implement more. I hadn't been using the crate. And now that I am, it's actually a fantastic tool because I had stopped having people over because I was like, I don't know what to do with her. Yeah. Um, and you can't trust people. Like, no, they can run right up to, they don't know the dog. They just want to yeah. see the dog. And I'm like, just let Lola be. If you just let Lola be, she's not going to come to you. But if you're trying to go pet her when she's laying. You're going to make her uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. So um, now, if, like this past Thanksgiving, we had eight, ten people there. And I just put her in her crate in the other room. She never fussed. She barked the first when the door opened and then never again. And so now I feel like I have another tool that I can to socialize, socialize <laughs> yeah, and actually have people over. Um, safely. Yes. And, and it protects Lola too. You it know? does. And at night, she used to sleep up in our room. She didn't sleep on our bed, but the Yorkie does because she rules the house. But she doesn't, we don't have a lot of control over her, I'll be honest. <laughs> a little better now because I've started creating. She's very athletic. I will she say is. That. that dog literally will jump from like couch to couch yeah. when we're there. I, she I, comes I was out sitting of nowhere. in a chair and the next thing I know, she comes launch and lands right in my lap. <laughs> yeah, and she's 13, so... Um, so we did get a crate for Snoopy too. So that way, if someone's coming over and want to do something with Lola, I can just put Snoopy in her crate. She yeah. wasn't happy about it, but right. she's actually become not She's not a bad. danger to society. Right. Yeah. Because she, she will go and chase and nip at Lola. And then if Lola turns around, it's Lola's the bad guy because she's bigger. And if she grabs her, it's not, not, yeah, it's not, not safe Snoopy's for Snoopy. very social though. She just yes. loves people. Yeah. But she, she is strong. Kelly's right. She runs the house. Even yeah. when we get there, she Little dogs are always like that. She yeah. has complete control over us too. So yeah. before we get to other exercises in the house, um, uh, and you're, let's, you're feeding the meals. Yeah. I want to talk still, about right? the feeding because yeah. the feeding, she yeah. was finicky. Like this was a thing with yes. her. So, since she was a puppy, she had her bowl of food and she ate as she felt like it. Um, I had Snoopy's food up higher, so she didn't eat Snoopy's food. Because again, Snoopy likes to jump up. She's kind of like a cat. And um, so she would just eat whenever. And I never really knew how much she was eating. So then when she went to you guys and came back, we'd crate, uh, feed her in her crate. She didn't eat for a while. She didn't yeah. like it. It was like, I'm like this isn't going to go well. She still won't eat if nobody's home. But if I feed her... You don't have to be sitting in the room with her, but she she'll eat in her crate, and so now I know she's eating exactly how you know what yeah. to come and, and she eats based on her activity too. So if she hasn't been doing a lot, she may not eat breakfast. Yeah, you know that kind of thing. And but. I I see that it's based very much with her anxiety also because we had her for you know boot camp last summer, and then 
she came in in December and those first couple nights she was like, I'm not sure I'm not going to eat my meal or I'm not going to finish my meal. And then the second time we had her, she was eating that first night. So it's, it depends on her comfort level too, which is why when Kelly's talking about like, if they leave the house, maybe she's not going to eat when her anxiety kind of takes over her inappetence kind of increases. It seems, did you notice a difference with the eating with the Prozac versus not at all or no? Hard to tell because when she was on the Prozac, she was always just free fed. Free fed. Yeah. So yeah. I don't. I don't know how she really ate. Then. Okay. Um, but she eats consistently yeah. now. Uh, they create consistently. What about like the bed and stepping on the leash? Do you do any of that kind of stuff in the house? Yes. Um, a lot of times, like if we're sitting watching TV, that's when I'll have her go on her bed because um, she'll. You know, you can't actually just sit there because she's constantly like wanting you to play ball, do something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she's a busybody. <laughs> she is. And um, when I work from home. You know, if I'm on a Zoom call or something, I'll just have her get on her bed for the half hour or, or so. How does she do with that? She settles on the bed or? Yeah, sometimes she winds a little bit to get off, but she stays. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, do you still do stepping on the leash or not really? I do some. I, I probably should do that more. Um, well, I mean, I'm doing it now. I, I mean, just at like the vet's office, maybe that'd be a good thing. Like in the waiting room, a good exercise just to implement. So she's, you know, familiar. Yep. How's the recall? Much better. Yeah. Did um, you have her off leash at the beach when you went? No, because there's too much going on. Well, no. you're not supposed to. Well, yeah. I'm kind of that rule follower. Yeah. So. <laughs> Did you bring a long line? No. See, it'd be nice to bring the 30 footer. Yeah, I could. You could just let car. her have some more freedom. Yep. And still, you have good control. And if anyone wanted to give you a hard time, you have her on a leash, and you could put her back on the six foot or something. Yeah. You know. So when I walk her at home now, we have like a quarter mile like woods path, and I do that off leash. Um, but I have never tried at the beach. Yeah. There's a lot of dogs there. Yeah. yeah and I, 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 yeah. And some many, we were just talking about this the other day on a podcast that there's been many times that we'll take our dogs to the beach and not even take them out of the car. It just looks like a shit show. Yeah. There's a, it's a problem waiting to happen and we won't get involved in it. You know, I try to go at low tide. Yeah. <laughs> so hand- plenty of beach to move around. Yeah, yeah exactly. So handling wise, um, you're pretty much able to do anything to her. Yeah. You are definitely the head honcho there. Yep. Um, Lola listens to Kelly best. I even like picked her up to put her in the car and Kelly's like, do you want me to do it? And I'm like, no, I, I feel good about her. I know her. Um, this was after she had come in just for boarding after boot camp. Um, any places that you're still looking to improve or that you're, you know, wanting more out of her in, like, let's touch on some of that. Any weaknesses? Well, there's still things that make her anxious. Yeah. You know, still the Can laundry. you do the laundry? <laughs> still the laundry. Actually, I find if I put her in her crate while I do the laundry, she'll lay down and go to sleep. Okay. But if she's just roaming around the house during that time, she'll she be just, stressed about she that. She still gets stressed about that. Yeah. She does get stressed when we leave. She doesn't like us to leave the yeah. house. Um, I put her in the crate when we leave, but sometimes she looks at me and doesn't really want to go in. It's the only time <laughs> she doesn't want to go in the crate. She knows I'm leaving. She watches me. You know, she's smart. She watches me put my shoes on, get mm-hmm. my coat. And yeah. So I'm like, oh, I'll outsmart her. I'll put her in a crate before I get my shoes on. And she <laughs> looks at me like, I know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not stupid. But the washing machine or something, she never gives you a problem going in the crate if you're going to be No, home. no, when I'm there, no, she doesn't. I'll be happy to go in there. Like, yeah. yeah. And then I know the washing machine's coming. Yeah. And, and no, I mean, she definitely does have, you know, genetic anxiety, I would say, more so than man-made anxiety. We see a lot of anxiety. Um, with German shepherds in general. And I think that that's partially because of the intelligence factor. You know, we say again and again, the dumber the dog, the less anxious the dog is going to be. So she is a little bit of an overthinker. She can get herself in trouble, but you really seem to have a lot of ways to manage it. And I just, we can't give you enough credit because you have been the one to step up to the plate and make sure like, Hey, that's unfair. You're not going to do that to Lola. You're an advocate for her. You're continuing along with her training. Literally some of the exercises that 
Kelly, you know, advanced on on her own way more so than anything we could have done in the finite time we had her. So I really think overall, um, if you stay the course, she's just going to become more and more stable because you guys have another freaking decade with her. I know. One thing I want to ask is, do you think that the way you're handling her now is a tremendous amount of more work than before when you were dealing with her? No, because now I, I'm less nervous. Yeah. Because I know I have the tools. I can. I would never have brought her someplace like this before. Not in a million years. I'd be like, are yeah. you crazy? Yeah. Um, but I feel like I have more tools. And so I'm not as nervous, which probably translates to her not being as nervous. Well, so I it's say less that. work because I'm not always Stressed. thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the reason I ask is because, you know, she have, you have one primary dog that, that you're concerned about, that you're working with. You're doing a great job. And a lot of people that I meet on the front end they don't want to add any more work to their life. They think it's going to be more work to do this. And do I need to get a crate? And can't, can't we just fix this without me doing anything? Yeah. And that's just not the way it works because <clears throat> most of the time what the people are doing before I get there is causing the problem in the first place. Yeah. I've so it's, <laughs> it's not that you're doing more work. You're just behaving with your dog differently. Yeah. You're acting differently to get them to... And the quality stable. of your life and her life has improved a lot. Like yeah. it's it like you said, you had people over. Like this is novel. This is so crazy. Yeah. If we had people over before, I was constantly for the entire time if they were there a half hour, I was constantly watching her, watching them, making sure they weren't cornering her, making sure they honestly going between me and her, I always felt like it was And that like, whole thing yeah. was stressful. Oh, it was awful. Yeah. Yeah. And not knowing how to really make it better, just trying to yeah. ward off a right. problem. So now if I people come over People that aren't, like if my sister comes over who's regular, comes over, Lola just stays out. But if there's other people who come over, I'm like, oh, let's go go yeah. in your crate for a few minutes just yeah. to see. Let her decompress. Yeah. And yeah. It's amazing because Jess and I have two rescue dogs, both with an extensive bite history that we got them because the home they were in, it was just, uh, you know, three bites too many. They're just like, that's yeah. it. We're not taking this dog anymore. And these dogs are just so different. You would have no idea that either one of them has any kind of aggression or ever had any aggression. And one of them I use, the dog is so neutral. I take that dog to clients' homes all the time because he's so neutral with other dogs. He's just, you just would never think. But in the wrong household, yeah. this this aggression blossomed to a point where the dog was actually biting people. There were lawsuits. It was all these problems. Yeah, and I would argue that Lola's issues are way more genetic than environmental because they did um, transfer over to when we had her. You know, she's... I'm stepping on the leash right now. She's fine. She's not losing her mind, but she's, you know, panting a little bit, a few little whines here and there. So it's not like this is just something that was man-made by you. And then she got to our house and she was a perfect little angel. So the fact that- It's way you worse know, when that does happen. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, then no, we it's know harder. it's not the dog. Yeah. It's like most of this work has to go back when we get back to the person's home and they got to start changing a lot of yeah, things. Yeah. And we also see on the return, and I think I mentioned this on your return, that then the behavior is a lot different. Like the dog's been on the bed- for us, for X amount of time, however long we've had the dog, it's calm. And then we get home and the dog's like inconsolable. And I was saying like, this is transferring to, you know, your yard, to your yeah. home. Like this is good. And it's very telltale when we haven't been having any issues with anything. And then we reintroduce the owners and then the issues start popping up. And we deal with that all the time. It's not like it's a hopeless thing. But again, to give you credit, I think a lot of this is more a genetic thing than a man-made thing. And because that you're keeping on the path and that you're still dedicating to her and you're doing the consistency, like you had mentioned, I think that's what's giving her the success. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. And I mean, I do enjoy training because I just feel like you work harder than a lot of our clients. <clears throat> no offense I to try. you guys. We love you I all. I try. But do you do you enjoy it or do I you do? do it? I, I do. I like. Yeah. Honestly. Well, you enjoy the dog. I do enjoy the dog. It gets me out, makes me more active. Now I can bring her. You can get away from Mark. <laughs> <laughs> he does come on the walks with me. So. <laughs> okay. Give him that. Yeah, but and and whether she enjoys it or not, she's doing it, and it is really helping Lola. And Lola keeps improving. Like when we had her back, you know, for boarding. Oh wow, this is great. The next time, you know, next month, she was even better. The handling is improving. The vet seeing, you know, improvement. So it's I think not. That's, that's where the payoff comes in when you're doing stuff, whether it's fun or not fun. When you go to the vet and there's no issue, that's when you can say, wow, yeah. things are really better here. You know? I was pretty excited that day. Yeah. <laughs> On the way home, I was like... <laughs> she texted us after. Well, it's important because like dogs need vet care, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, this is this is a thing. Like, yeah, and they, they need to get their nails clipped. Yeah. And they need, you know, they need to get stuff. handled. They yeah. need to be dealt with. Anything I'm missing, honey, with the Lola journey that we didn't touch on? No, I, I really enjoyed the dog and I enjoyed your whole family. The whole thing has been great. You've kept up with it. And uh, you're a good example for... Everybody that has a problem dog, not to give up hope, but, um, and like I've said to, to many, many times on the podcast, if you've been working with a trainer and things aren't getting better, don't give up on the dog. Try a different trainer. Try maybe yeah. a different style, a different methodology, and find something that works for you and your dog. Because uh, I, we have many clients that have been training their dog unsuccessfully, or they haven't been able to get a handle on the program, on the problems, but they've put two years of training yeah, into they're it. Trying. Yeah, they're trying. They're putting the time in. they're trying to do stuff. You yeah. Know? And you said you had done some stuff I prior had done to like COVID. like four different classes with her. Yeah. From puppy obedience or puppy kindergarten to basic obedience to nose work. And yeah. And it just wasn't getting where you wanted. Yeah. I mean, she would do the the simple task, but I just could never get past that to the whole Just basic living. And, yes. Yeah. 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 Well, and that's the little stuff. It's almost more behavior modification stuff than actual training, but like putting her in the crate, feeding her meals in the crate. She doesn't eat. The meal goes away. You know, stepping on the leash. These little things that are management things are really what sometimes psychologically change the dog so they are more well-rounded. The obedience could all look great, but then they still have to, you know, exist outside of a walk where you're doing healing and everything else. I know you're doing perfect. Do you do any more uh, nose work at all? Any recreational stuff like that? No, just a little bit. Like, I'll throw the ball or I'll throw some treats in the yard, but Mm -hmm. I haven't done full like how did she do when she, you did the classes she did really well yeah. she was um, we using boxes yes boxes so hiding things you should grab home. some boxes from the post office and uh or put my some amazon up. deliveries yeah <laughs> put, put those them, to good use yeah put them out because you know dogs like that and it gives them a chance to really work independently and it builds confidence once you know they know the game they see the boxes yeah. and like okay cool we're gonna do this yeah. thing you know? she does know the find it command because when she loses her ball i'll tell her to find it and then she starts sniffing yeah so <laughs> you better find it and i think that it's important to note too is kelly has two dogs in the house and the rules are different like yeah. snoopy yeah you're creating her sometimes for management just for her own headspace but it's not like you're living in this militant household where you know all the dogs are doing this hardcore obedience all the time and mm-hmm. that's possible and sometimes, you know, we have other clients that have big, small, tiny dog. The tiny dog is the one that's setting off the big dog oh, this, with the bad behavior. I yeah. think that's the case here. Yeah. So sometimes the best thing you can do is like if, if your little dog is blowing up when someone's going to come to the house, scoop up the little dog first, and then you don't have the second one following the little dog's behavior, you know? Yeah. When someone does come to the house, that's the first thing I do now is I pick up Snoopy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she's only seven pounds. So. Right. And, and, but she sets off... Lola, yeah. and then it's a big, yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. the one that's barking, not, not Lola. Right. 
Yeah. And Lola has good enough obedience that maybe Snoopy's taunting her, but Lola will stay on her bed. Like Kelly has good enough control over her. And that's another thing to take note of. Um, you know, Kelly and Mark's kids are older now. They're kind of in and out. They're not living at home full time, but you are like the primary handler with her. Yeah. And that's okay. Like the rules, if the rules are a little bit different from person to person, that's fine. As long as someone there, the dog knows is running the ship and can handle a vet visit or something like that. I think it's important to note because people get really stressed like, oh, you know, what if my husband's not doing this? And what if my husband's not on the same page and I need my kids from college to come home and do classes? And no, not necessarily. As long as you have control of the dog, you'll be all set. Yeah. I mean, in my house, I have no control of any of the dogs. (laughs) (laughs) It's less of a joke than one would think, even though we host a dog training podcast. Um, Kelly, anything we missed that you want to mention or touch on? I don't think so. Yeah. I think she's happier. I'm happier. Yeah, we're we're happy too. No. And you're just a badass. I can't say enough good things about Kelly. Um, you know, we love getting feedback from all of our clients and we want our clients to, you know, reach out with trouble and everything else. But you have gone above and beyond with like sending videos, not only for critiquing, but also to be like, hey, like I had a win. Look at this. This is going well. And, and that's why it's nice to board when you need some boarding. We're happy to take Lola because we know you keep up with it. Yeah. If, if things are getting out of control and then you're like, yeah, we need you to do some boarding and and do some training again because it's way out of control. It's kind of a bummer for us because we know they're not doing yeah. it, yeah. you know? And it gives and me dog- peace of mind too because if I know if I go away for a week and I leave her with somebody that's not going to continue, yeah. then I'm like, I'm going to go back and she's going to maybe have regressed. Yeah. yeah. So now I go away for a week and I'm like, oh, I know she's going to come back probably better. You actually, I, you actually go on vacation. <laughs> you don't have that stress. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, just as an aside, not everyone that even does a board and train with us gets the boarding option, but we like these long-term relationships with these dogs that are good, that can come back, that we see year and year again, because, you know, they're like part of our family too. Lola lives in our kitchen. We get home, her tail's banging everywhere. She wants to be the first one out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they know the routine with us too. So they yeah. settle right in when they come back. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else, sweetie? I think we're good. Yeah, you're doing great. We're super proud of you. And Thanks. just people out there, if you guys are listening and you have tried medication or you're considering medication, it may work for some and that's more than fine. But Kelly is a testament of the training and weaning the dog off of this has given her everything she wanted in life and more. And we couldn't be more grateful. You, you trade in the medication for Cheese Whiz. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think Cheese Whiz is a lot cheaper too. So how much Cheese Whiz can you get for a bottle of Prozac? All right, guys. Thanks so, so much for joining us here today. Kelly, thanks for coming on. Lola is here. You'll see her in the thumbnail. She doesn't want to jump up. She's very good behaved. She doesn't even jump anymore. We'll see you guys next week. And in the meantime, keep Keep it it quirky. quirky. Bye, guys. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.